0: This podcast features discussions about finance and money, which are general in nature. This means that it has been prepared without taking into account your specific objectives and financial needs. We suggest that before acting on this information, you seek out professional advice. Hey folks, welcome along to another episode of the Money Mechanics Podcast, where we're here unpacking the money stuff. I'm Scott Malcolm, and today we're talking about that little D word that people sometimes get scared by or concerned by. We've got one of our lender experts with us, Laura Sakari from Because Finance, to talk about debt. Hey Sakari, welcome along. Great to have you here.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Now, um, before we go or before we start the conversation, we've been asking all our guests about an early happy money memory. Have you got one that you're happy to share?
1: I certainly am. I think when you posed that question, I was like, what is my happiest memory? And it came from a not so happy memory, but it turned into a happy one. So it's always a a, a good to have a good story. I, um, like most people, when I was 18, got a job and was given all the opportunities, all the credit cards, everyone approved me, everyone gave me a lot of debt. So I, from the age of 18, was in debt up to my eyeballs. So the happiest memory I ever have was the day that I became debt-free and it took me almost 12 years to become debt-free from some silly mistakes of an 18-year-old. But the day I became debt-free, I realized how important it is to manage your money and understand money.
0: Yeah. And
1: that was my happiest moment is to go through those troubles, but to come out with a (laughs) light.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think we're chatting uh, pre-jumping on the recording today, like the debt thing, like we, I remember at university, I I was at O-Week at university and I think I was one of the younger starters. So I think I'd only just turned 18 and all the banks are there trying to get us signed up to credit cards. And We often hear, oh, you've got to have it for credit history, and and there's a kernel of truth in that, but you don't necessarily need to have it uh, the the whole way. So, look, congrats on on that journey. And yeah, look, I think I I did the same thing. I I don't use credit cards these days because of that very thing in that um, I got caught up and and got stuck on the the credit card wheel. And based on compound interest, when it's working against you, when the banks have got the numbers going, it's often really hard to get out of it. So, Sakari, because finance. Now, I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like I've known you professionally now for... Oh. 20 years? No, it can't be that long. We're, we're still too young for it to be that
1: long. I not yes, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you've been in this industry for about 20 years. You've been in a, a number of different roles. You've, you've worked in financial services. You've worked financial planning. Insurance is probably where we first met, but doing superannuation. Um, and now you've stepped into the lending space and, and set up your own business. How's that journey been so far? What, what are some of the, the things you've learned uh, since you've, you've jumped in there?
1: Well, I think the massive difference or the big major difference I've learned is, again, understanding money. Um, When you're in the financial planning thing, it's in that field, you're looking at the future, thinking about what if something happened, what about retirement? So it's not actually thinking about the now, the today, how am I going to, you know, hit my goals, hit my dreams, all of that uh, fun stuff. When you come over to lending, you realise, okay, to get to that end point, you do need to have steps to get to the the end goal and lending can do that and lending can be quite great. Um, I know you said credit cards are a bit scary, but using credit cards is quite a smart way to actually protect your current assets. So the biggest thing I've learned is just one, what do lenders actually look at? Um, Having the benefit of work for two of the biggest lenders, I know what they look for and what they don't want to see. Uh, So that's one big lesson I've learned throughout this journey of, you know, looking at
0: future to looking at now. Yeah, I guess we're talking about personal debt today and and personal loans or, or credit cards. And so I've come across clients in the past that have, say, had multiple credit cards and, and gone through setups where, where they've then had to try and consolidate that debt to then get it paid off over time. But as you just said, then, uh, the flip side to that is if you do have credit cards and you're using them, paying them off every month, uh, you actually have some buyer protection built in. So do you want to talk to that a little bit further as well?
1: Yeah. So most credit cards, you have 45 days to pay off whatever you've spent. So I see it as a one, a good budget tool and two, to protect yourself. So if you're paying cash all the time and there's a fraudulent activity, essentially, it's harder to get that money back. If, for example, you're putting everything on a credit card and there's a fraudulent activity or there is something that's been debited that shouldn't have been debited, you go straight to that credit card facility, put in a a claim, and then they remove that. So that's really good in regards to protection. The other thing, if you're paying it off in that within that forty-five days, you actually know what you're spending. So if you can put your direct debit dishonors on there, uh, sorry, your direct debit, um, you know, your everyday living, anything that can be put on a credit card, you know what you're spending every month so as long as you pay it off at the end of the month you know what you've done so it can also help you budget for the future and didn't even get into the points you know there's there's things like you know i've got an amex i get you know a couple of points every dollar i spend plus that gives me to you know lounge access and and free flights With the flights, you've also got inbuilt travel insurance. So, again, that's saving you money if you're wanting to go to overseas. You buy the tickets on your credit card and you're automatically covered. You know, travel insurance can cost a couple of hundred up to a grand depending on where you're going, what you're saying. So, credit cards are good if they're used correctly where I see people make the oopsies in credit cards is they get these magical offers of balance transfers, you know, move your credit card from one to the next and they do that, but they don't cancel that original credit card. So instead of having, you know, what would be a good idea of balance transfers, get some points, reduced uh, interest rates, now got two credit cards. And when you're in that kind of mentality, you usually spend as much more, you, you're going to max out yes. those two credit cards.
0: It's that that marketing ploy, isn't it? The uh, available balance, which you see all the time. And so if you're more of a spender when it comes to your your mindset or or how you do money, that can actually really trip you up, I think, in the background.
1: It's exactly that. It's it's understanding how to use money to your benefit rather than just saying, oof, I really need those whatever it is, shoes, hair, nails, whatever it shall be. Do you really need that and is it within your budget?
0: Yeah, you, you said it before, but it's always about having that plan of, of how to pay it. So if you are using the, the 45 days interest-free, if you are setting up your direct debits onto a, a credit card, if that's how you do money, um, and I see lots of clients that, that do money that way, it's then just about having a, a framework so that when your pay comes in, you're actually then paying that down so that it doesn't become a inflated balance every, every month. And so I think that's where I see people trip up a little bit in that they put things onto the credit card and then they're using cash as well and then they go wait a minute I've spent more than we or we've spent more than we planned to spend this month we've lost a bit of transparency or oversight to the the day-to-day cash flow so Again, agree. I think if you can use them well, uh, if you hunt around, especially the points offers, I mean, over, over the years, I've, I've managed to get a, a few uh, card offers in the past where you get your 100,000 plus points. Although I say I, I, don't, I don't use credit cards these days, but um, it, it does. It gives you a, a nice little boost if you are flying or traveling overseas, especially, so you can uh, jump down that, that train as well. And Sakari, just to I'll probably go on that. Sorry, Laura, I should, I, I'm being so casual with you
1: today. You call me Sakari be <laughs> week. You
0: call me Laura. <laughs> Laura. Um, but I guess going down that path, again, we've just had the silly season. Often people, again, especially with inflation, going a bit crazy at the moment. I have have noticed and spoken to a few clients that have tripped up a little bit again with their their credit cards or with their, their personal debt. And so when it comes to debt consolidation, well, maybe I'll step back. So I said before, oh, you don't need a credit card necessarily to have credit history, if you've built up credit and you've got a few different personal credit cards going on, you can't pay them off at the end of every month, you're getting sort of behind on on that. Debt consolidation can be a really good way of drawing the line in the sand. And then, as you said before, reducing the other the credit limits, cancelling the cards. And ideally, what I've seen work well for clients is actually not spending then on those credit cards while you pay them off. But what does a bank look look for? What does a lender look for? How do people make sure that they're putting their best foot forward when it comes to consolidating debt or or getting everything wrapped into, say, a, a personal loan or, or going down that path?
1: I think you hit the nail. Uh, it's putting that line in the sand and going, let's, I'm going to control over my finances." So when it comes to debt consolidation, there is quite a few different, uh, I suppose, scenarios where uh, when I'm doing a debt consolidation, a client might have a couple of credit cards and some afterpays and and so on and so forth. So I like to consolidate that and also get a mandate from the client to state that they're going to cancel the credit cards. Some lenders require that in writing. I personally like to get it because it's actually, it's it's cementing that relationship or it's cementing that agreement with the client that yes, I, I am going to take control over this. Um, I like to take that extra step and ask what upcoming finance or what upcoming debts that you might have. So you might be or a client might be paying their car insurance monthly, their life insurance monthly or anything along those lines. So where you might have the benefit of consolidating those future um, bills or, or, or agreements into a debt consolidation. The benefit is most lenders don't charge uh, early exit fees. So what that essentially means is that you can spread that debt over five, seven years, reduce your overall monthly costs and also any ongoing bills. And the one thing that I learnt in my you know debt days is the more monthly bills or monthly direct debits you have the less money you have for you for you to go shopping for you to go spending for you to go save for holidays whatever it shall be so having in including in a debt consolidation any big bills just is going to give you that allowance to, you know, if you're getting three grand a month income and you have a debt consolidation, you know what the end date is. As long as you don't take any more credit out, um, it can just have a found effect as just having that no, the extra income that you have on that monthly basis. So what lenders mostly look at Is number one, are you paying those facilities on time? So if you've got a financial, so credit card direct debit, and that's defaulting or your mismanagement of that, no lender's going to really want to take that on, or or a lot of lenders won't, because they're not actually committing or keeping to your current commitment and debt. Um, The other good thing, again, with credit cards is most lenders don't want to see direct debit dishonours. So if you can put that on a a credit card, the probability is it's not going to dishonour. The other things that they don't want to see is that your account going below zero, unless you have an overdraft. So if you're, uh, you know, it's it's an unfortunate case. I've actually seen a client recently where most lenders get 90 days of personal bank statements And they will review your whole file based on those bank statements. I had a client who had $20,000 worth of savings, which is fantastic. But her everyday account was in negative, so below zero, 77 of those 90 days. And she was under the impression because she had 20 grand savings, that wouldn't matter. And unfortunately, it's that's mismanagement of money. Even if you have savings, you need to be able to manage your everyday living expenses, manage your accounts, manage your current commitments as well.
0: Yeah, and so those, so, those bank statements are, are, are key. And you just said then that sort of three-month history, I guess, is key if you are going to go through a, a process of... Any debt, be it mortgage debt, we've we've spoken to other people on the podcast before around the the mortgage debt process, but yeah, in the, in the personal loan space as well, I guess that's that's key. What did you call it before? Bank statement. Conduct. Yes. How is your bank statement conduct?
1: Conduct. What are you spending your money on? And and it's so funny, most people get afraid of, oh, I've I've done a lot of Uber Eats this week or, you know, these little things. It's not necessarily what you're spending your money on, it's how you're actually spending it and, you know, uh, what are you doing with that money? I've had clients that are on 10 grand a month um, living at home, so no essential debts, but they don't have any savings. Um, and then they've got afterpay and zip pay and all of these, you know, short, short term loans where a lender is going to look at that going, yeah, we can look at that, but we might pay high interest rate because you are a risk as you don't, you haven't managed that money that you currently have
0: yeah wow and so I guess for people who are wanting to go through a, a consolidation process or trying to get better sharper interest rates on on any personal debt that they might have, it really is at that sort of three month time frame to try and make sure that your bank statement conduct or your your spending is is under control during those time frames and so I, I guess that that comes down to as you say they're not looking at oh did you buy uber Eats? they're probably looking at more things like I know, gambling.
1: Gambling is a big one.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was at the Crown Casino and I did a cash withdrawal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What were you doing there?
1: What were you doing? Well, I've had some instances where, you know, there is some facilities out there that gives you a pay advance. So essentially yeah. you can't survive um, until your next paycheck, so they will advance your pay and and for most lenders that's just looks uh, it's a bit daunting for them a bit scary it just means that you're a high risk if you can't go from paycheck to paycheck without getting an advancement then that again comes down to can you manage your money correctly
0: yeah and so it's just really having that hygiene over the the day-to-day cash flow and and look ideally having I know some people think uh, the B word, the budget word, is a is a harsh one to to live to. Don't like living to a budget, but it's just about having a framework around how you do your day to day cash flow and still spending money on the stuff that's important to you, but making sure that you've got a framework in play to go right. Here's how it all comes together.
1: I just very good thing that makes you know where you're spending your money. If you want to spend a (laughs) hundred bucks on week on clothing or Uber Eats just put that in the budget. (laughs) As long as you're spending underneath what you earn, then.
0: That's great, yeah. And so when it comes to debt consolidation, then Laura, when we start to look at that for for clients. So again, recently I had some clients that had a a couple of personal loans with, with car, then they had, I think two or three credit cards and they were finding again they just they just weren't paying things off and again they had a, a child as well and so I guess getting out of debt is really hard sometimes because credit card interest rates can be up to 21, 22, 23 percent and so uh, if we look to the rule of 72 which is basically a, an old, uh, old school uh, maths quirk from like the 1300s it basically says hey <laughs> the money's the money that the bank has is basically double every two or three years when it's at that 20%, 20% rate of return. So that's why it's so hard to get out of, of personal debt if you've got those, those high interest rates. And so when it comes to debt consolidation, I guess, what are some of the rules on that? Obviously, we, we want to get a lower interest rate than the, the, the other debt that you've got in play at the moment. But yeah, what, what are some of your rules when it comes to that?
1: Sometimes, uh, depending on the client's risk, sometimes the interest rates can be higher. So we can go, I've got lenders that can go up to 24%, but it comes down to there's an end date. With a credit card, there's no end date. So you could have what could seem an extremely high interest rate. But the thing is, there's a loan term, so it could be over five or seven years. And as long as you don't take any further debt out, so no additional credit cards, etc., you know at the end of five years, then that credit card is going to be paid off. With credit cards and what I see on such a regular basis is you might have a $5,000 limit and you might pay $250 off, but then something happens and you know, the fridge broke, whatever it is, you need to use that credit card again. So I think people have good intentions of paying it off, but then life happens and they just aren't equipped to pay off their life emergencies. So debt consolidations are good because it gives you that final date. So you know in five years' time, I'm going to be debt-free. I'm not going to... All that money that you're spending on the debt consolidation, all that money that you've been pouring into the credit card is now savings. Now you can look at, you want to buy a house? You want to buy a second house? You want to go on that family holiday that you promised the kids always? You know, that there just opens up that opportunity.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and I, look, I think it's also the, the conversation as well. So, the clients I've spoken to in the past, sometimes it's that partners aren't on the same page in that one of them might think everything's all right. And then you, they're sitting for the first time in, in my office or potentially having a chat to someone like you. And the first time they're actually going, oh, here's our numbers. Okay. And and look, there's no judgment with this stuff. I think it's just about making sure that you're clear on what your numbers are because you then start having really active conversations. And so the clients I'm thinking about in this conversation, are, again, they had a couple of car loans. They had, I think, three credit cards. They had another personal loan for something else. And they thought it was just like one, one of the partners was sort of trying to hold everything together and go, "Oh, okay. Is it working? Um, the other partner was like, Oh no, I just thought everything was okay. And, and you never said no to me. Like you never said that we, we couldn't afford to do this. So I just assumed it was okay. So it wasn't until they were both on the same page and going, Oh, okay, here's the reality of our situation. But then really just creating a space to go, Hey, well, what's the game plan to, to maneuver out of this? Because as you said before, they, they wanted to buy a house. And so I think they actually had closed about 80 K of, Of debt that they were carrying, personal debt. And so they then came up with a game plan together that was amazing. They said, oh, we don't really need the two cars. Let's get rid of one of the cars or let's downgrade the car. Actually, let's then get a debt consolidation on the the credit card so we can actually start to manage that better and we know what the, the payment is. It did require a bit of lifestyle choice and change as well. I think they got someone to come and live with them for a a period of time, and that's again as a couple, it's probably not the uh, the long term ideal. Um, but a bit of short term pain um, actually saw them uh, over a period of about eight months get out of that debt, um, and then actually start saving. Which you just go, wow, that's that's amazing.
1: And that's what it comes down into what you do perfectly. It's like what's your overall goal? Like what's your end goal? And sometimes, you know, people make whoopsies. People get, you know, caught in the limelight, caught into keeping up with the Joneses and it's just – having that, you know, when they discuss it with you in an open, in that, you know, openness is like, all right, well, I want to buy a house. And if we continue on living this lifestyle and the way that we live, we're never going to get to that goal. So what are the steps that we need to take? It could be as simple as, you know, I see a lot of family holidays and a lot of people just going, I can't, I've always wanted to go and take my family to, here, there, everywhere, but they just can't afford it. Um, And, you know, holidays, I'm I'm a big advocate. They create memories that last forever. So I'm a big holiday person. (laughs) Um, and, And in that as well, even if, you know, you might have your finances in control, you might have, you know, no no debt as such, but you just haven't got the savings in there. And as much as some people uh, say this is a bad idea, it's actually, I see it as a good idea is taking out loans, a personal loan for a holiday. Um, simply, number one, it's going to keep you within that budget. I know, and it goes with weddings, it can go with a lot of big, big events. If You have a budget in mind, so you want to take your family, you want to go to Bali for, you don't want to spend more than five grand. You get a personal loan for five grand, you know that's paid off. Um, Again, they don't have any early exit fees. So once you come back, you know you're not going to have this big credit card debt behind you going, oh, we have to pay X, Y, Z every month to make sure that 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 credit card's paid off as well.
0: Yeah. No, no, definitely. Yeah, and when when we talk, I guess, personal loans, so when it comes to lending, obviously the security of that determines what the interest rate is that the the bank's going to provide. And so I guess if we're looking at the mortgage market at the moment, so if a a bank goes, oh, we've got security of a a property, you might be in the sort of 5.8, 5.9, 6, 6 6 6.1, 6.2% at the Mm. moment sort of for a a standard uh, principal and interest home loan. Um, credit cards I was talking about before being at the other end of that, that scale at sort of the 23% uh, percent rate potentially, hopefully not as much, but again, check your terms and conditions. When we look at personal loans, what, what do they range for? Like where, where do they sit in the interest rate game that we play? So
1: the personal loans, are because they're unsecured, there is no security that we're essentially the lender is taking on. They are purely based on your overall credit score and credit profile. So your credit score is something that everyone should be aware of and what it is and how it impacts. Um, So lenders can go anywhere from 7% for an unsecured loan up to 24%, as I mentioned before. It just depends on their profile, so their credit score. Um, if if you, and I know this sounds weird because I move every year, but if you're moving on a regular basis, um, every time that you make an inquiry for gas electricity, that's a hit on your credit file. Not a bad one, but it does hit on your credit file. Um, it can also look at the the lender looks at, all right, so you're a mover, you move every year. That's some sort of risk. You're not keeping in the same position. And that same goes with employment. If you're moving employment every six months, every 12 months, it's not showing any stability. So interest rates um, are not purely based on credit score, there, but they are, have a high impact um, with regards to credit scores. On a side note, credit scores, roughly, there's three different euros um, that people look at, that most lenders look at, and you have a score up to a 1,000. A thousand, a bad score, uh, most lenders won't go anything under 450 as a credit score. Um, and that means if you've got that 450 credit score, you could be paying 19%. Um, On the flip side, you might have a 900 credit score, but you move every six months or you change jobs every six months. So you might not get the 7%, you might get a 10%. Um, 10% is actually really good for an unsecured loan as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it is hard.
0: Yeah. And look, I I guess it's just talking through scenario and options with someone like yourself or getting an understanding of, okay, what is my credit score? And are there any good sites out there that people can sort of check out themselves to go, hey, what's my credit score that you recommend?
1: There's heaps of free ones. You can go straight to the Bureau directly, which is like Equifax, um, and you can obtain your Equifax report there. Uh, There's some free mobile sites like Savvy, I believe Wiser Credit also do uh, credit checks where they simply just give you good, bad or excellent scenarios, which gives you a basis. So it's just good to start. It's good to understand what affects your credit score, uh, making unnecessary inquiries. So, for example, if a client wanting to do a, a consolidation and they go to lender after lender after lender after lender, um, that's actually a really bad thing simply because it looks like you're desperate. You're going from lender to lender to lender just to try to find the best interest rate. But these lenders are looking at going, you must be desperate for money if you're applying or seeking credit Mm. for all all these different um, options. And that's where coming to a broker is really, really important simply because they're going to look at you, you look at your credit file, look at your bank statements, from that information without even touching your credit file, be able to go, all right, this is the best lender we can give you based on this information.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good uh, good tip. We've, we've talked, again, on the podcast before around mortgage brokers and, again, a good broker, being at a mortgage broker, be it a, a personal finance broker like yourself, are worth their weight in gold in that they can just help you navigate which way is going to be the best way to go. And so I think especially when using debt, it's all about having that that framework and the game plan. You, you don't. The ideal is that we don't have debt. But I guess the, the thing that happens with life, as Laura just said before, you some sometimes need to. So again, to buy a house, you don't have money to go in and Throw throw money into the house in total. You 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 get a a personal or get a a mortgage for that. Buying a new car sometimes you need to get a lease or a a personal loan to make that happen. And so life has uh, events where debt is is needed and and can be helpful at the
1: end of the day. In the car loan in space, where I have this conversation often, whereas someone might have all that savings, so they want to buy a car. They've got twenty grand savings, and that's their budget. They wanted to spend twenty grand. I was like, "That's great. You've got the cash. Um, do you have any other savings? Because in in my in my days in my life, I always think that having three months' savings is important for emergencies." buying a car is important, but I wouldn't class that as an emergency. So sometimes taking out finance, even though you have cash, can be a really good option. Whereas, you know, you might pay $300 a month in that loan repayment. But if something happened, you know, you know, someone got sick, your dog got hit by a car or anything awful like that, they're expensive items, and then is nothing worse in emergency funding because you're limited to what you can get at that emergency time, which comes down to oh, I might just get a credit card, I might just get afterpay, vet pay, all of these things where they are higher interest rates, where if you plan ahead and just have that savings, it's more important.
0: I I love that. Even medical or or vet costs, like these days, I I feel like you go anywhere and you get offered a a financial product (laughs) at the end of the day. You go to the dentist and they go, oh, by the way, if you want some veneers, we'll uh, put that on credit for you. Or, oh, hey, the vet, oh, you want to break that down into easy to to handle payments. So it's really important, I think, just to have a game plan and, and framework on that. We keep these episode short and sweet, and um, we could probably talk about this all day because it is an important topic. But I guess, what are are some of the key take-homes or or key messages you want to share today? I've got a few to sort of wrap it all up, but I'll I'll throw to you first before I jump down that hole.
1: I think controlling, understanding personally, I think what's your goal? Where do you want to achieve? Reduce your monthly overall balance, which allows you to hit those goals. Debt consolidation is not a bad thing. Um, Getting into debt is not a bad thing if it's done wisely. And that's when you seek professionals like, you know, financial planners and and finance brokers who can actually talk to you and guide you. Um, Most finance brokers, you don't need to pay anything up until the settlement date. um, And that's usually incorporated into the loan. So actually having the conversation, don't be scared um, to actually reach out to finance brokers and have that conversation. That's the the one thing, understanding credit files and understanding bank conduct. What if everyone could know their credit file and understand what is good and bad on a bank statement, then they, they probably will, everyone would get the best interest rates. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. And look, I think as we've, we've talked of today, It's always just about having that framework when it comes to using debt. It's not a bad thing to have debt. Um, It can probably sometimes feel a bit overwhelming if you have got yourself caught up in, especially the the personal debt train, uh, can actually take you over and it can be really hard to get on top of that. And so uh, I I will put a few of the other resources in the show notes today as well. There's the National Debt uh, Helpline as well, which is again a free service if people are really struggling. Um, Obviously, someone like Laura, myself, where for-profit people so we're always happy to have a chat to people but sometimes there's a limit to what we can actually do whereas financial counsellors and people with the the debt lines can help out on that front but Build your framework, get your your process together on, okay, if I'm taking on debt, I understand the terms and conditions behind this, I understand the interest rate I'm getting, or if you've got time, make sure you get your bank your bank statement conduct uh, in a row uh, and lined up, but have those open, honest conversations around, okay, how are we going to do the the debt thing and, and how are we going to use it in our life to, to get those outcomes that we want, um, but also make sure that we're not uh, paying too much to the, the banks at the end of the day. Laura, I'll add all your contact details to the show notes and it's been a, a pleasure having this chat. But yeah, any any other final parting words today?
1: Debt is not a bad thing. Um, And as you've already said, it's just having open conversations with yourself, your partners, your financial planners, and your your finance brokers. Thanks for listening, folks.
0: If you haven't already, please uh, follow us and give us a like. Um, Also, go and check out our Instagram page, at Money Mechanics, where we do more regular updates. But um, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.